Welcome to the Brain Health and Beyond podcast with your hosts, Aisha and Dean Sherzai. In this episode, we are excited to share our conversation with our kids, Alex and Sophia Sherzai, also known as the Science Kids, about living a plant-based life, its challenges, its benefits, the science behind it, and how they think this is more than just healthy living. It's something that could determine the fate of this beautiful planet. We bring our kids into this conversation because it felt right to have them speak for themselves and share their voice. We don't believe in keeping it in an article or a book and would like to make the lifestyle and the science behind it easily accessible and fun for every family and every community. I hope you enjoy it as much as we did. I'm very excited to be here, guys. Alex and Sophie, you are joining us for the first time on the podcast. We'll be doing a lot of this, hopefully in the near future. I'm really excited to uh, have you on. Yep, we're excited too. Yeah, It's extremely important to us that you're here because part of what we do is very different from general healthcare. We want to bring healthcare, especially brain health, which actually we say takes care of all health if you take care of brain health, to people's homes. Make it real, not some you know recipe or program or any kind of contrived m- m- process. It's real life healthy living. And that means lots of stuff from nutrition, but way beyond that as well. So we want you guys to be part of this conversation and you know give some guidance as far as how you feel about this whole process. Because if we want this to translate to all families and all, all, all communities, we will learn from the communities and communities will learn from us, but it has to be an organic, meaningful, and deep real life conversation. So thank you. Let's, let's uh, start this, this talk. That's awesome. One of the questions that we encounter almost always is, how did you guys start? And um, you and I started before they were born. Uh, yeah, that's that's the idea. <laughs> um, so we met uh, 10,000 miles away in Afghanistan where I was working with World Bank um, and the Ministry of Health trying to create a healthcare system for a country that just went through uh, a revolution, getting rid of the Taliban. And I was helping with the HHS and, and uh, World Bank. And you came as a medical student with Doctors Without Borders, I and we did. met in a party. Yes, yes, I was volunteering with Doctors Without Borders for their vaccination program, and it was funny. I know you kids, Alex and Sophie, you've heard this story a million times, but you know we were at a party, and I went into a room, and I, um, I heard this really passionate guy just talking about women's rights and about health care for all, and I grabbed a chair and I sat next to him and uh, that happened to be Dean. And I think that was a great decision. It was quite <laughs> forward and I enjoyed it. It was, it was good. No, it was a wonderful conversation. The first conversation, ironically, was about our grandparents and the fact that uh, they had a horrible uh, um, health um, that ended up you know, suffering quite a bit with vascular dementia right. and Alzheimer's and all had to do with healthcare and, and uh, lifestyle. And that kind of got us started in that journey, an amazing journey. And um, a mom was uh, pregnant with Alex in Afghanistan. We decided to leave and come back and restart an entire career on prevention, which had never been done before. That's right. Not the way we wanted to, especially not in neuro. Um, and uh, restart the whole process. And it's been a wonderful journey. So you and I became vegetarians in uh, 2004. Correct. Just based on our... Uh, our passion for prevention, for health. And we had read um, Dr. Colin Campbell's books and um, 
a couple of things happened around the same time as far as, you know, just the importance of living um, a, a conscious life. And both of those factors actually pushed us to become vegetarians and uh, let go of meat. Yeah, we, we had lots of conversation about if you're going to live, you really have to live by a certain set of rules and ethics and meaningful ethics, both as it pertains to health, but also as it pertains to your relationship with other people, the planet, and, and all the living beings in that planet. Because if we limited it to one group, one gender, one population, one race, how is that different from every other form of injustice? So when we really did quite a bit of work for three years together, and we found out that when it comes to plant-based living, it actually touches every aspect of human existence, mm -hmm. from health to environmental to uh, animal uh, welfare and and everything all in one. And uh, we found out that it's actually much more important for human civilization than we could have ever imagined. But none of us are aware of this. That's right. That's the remarkable thing. So this journey was has been amazing. We've had quite a bit of struggles because it's not the popular topic. Right. And and we've had resistance. We've had tremendous opportunities that we've lost because we didn't do the thing that everybody wanted us to do. Yeah, well, when you stand up against the status quo and what is considered quote-unquote normal, you are going to feel resistance. And so when Alex was born back in 2005, we were vegetarians. We weren't plant-based, whole food plant-based then. We did consume a little bit of dairy and eggs. And Sophie was born in 2007. And then we, as a family, decided to go whole food plant-based uh, completely around 2011. After, you know, learning more about it, after reading Dr. Esselstyn's book. And that, that was the time when we started reading more and more about the impact of dairy and, you know, animal and factory farming on the environment. And so... As well as health. Correct. And we, as, well, as well as health, definitely. And so since then, we have all been on a whole food, plant-based diet. And one of the questions for you guys, so now, Alex, you're 15, and Sophia, you are 13. Mm -hmm. The questions that people have is, how is your experience as a teenager being brought up as a plant-based kid? Maybe, Alex, you can start. Well, uh, growing up plant-based, it hasn't been much different since the first phase of my life when I was just vegetarian. The transition was not very difficult, although we did go through some speed bumps along the way. Obviously, the transition from going from dairy milk and sources like that to going to almond milk, soy milk, etc. was slightly difficult. But overall, growing up as a plant-based kid has been a very interesting and fun experience. I've learned a lot of new things. I've met new people, and I've even got to teach some of my friends who weren't familiar with this topic, with this fact that is now slowly becoming common knowledge. Mm -hmm. And it's been really interesting how I've basically evolved with this diet and with this lifestyle. Yeah. So what do you think? Yeah, like he said, uh, it's not much different because we were already vegetarians in the first place. Yes. So... One thing that we missed a little because we ate it a little more was yogurt. Mm -hmm. And we ate yogurt with a lot of stuff. And then she, uh, lifesaver, she created the soy yogurt. <laughs> <That's me>. Yes. <laughs> and that just 
It was amazing. It was better than yogurt. It was absolutely incredible. We found solutions yeah. to go around the foods that we were used to and we loved and we made sure that we never felt deprived. Yeah. There How are always you, sorry, there are always alternatives. That's yeah. true. How do you navigate the social situations with people or friends who are not plant-based? Well, I mean, we know that they're not very familiar with uh, the whole plant-based thing. So we don't say uh, like, oh, yes, it's very important. You should go vegan immediately. We just we go around it like um, we show them alternatives, like like I just said, the soy yogurt or just different foods. And they most likely like probably 99% of the time they're going to be amazed because they never thought they always thought vegan food was just, you know, like lettuce or something and nothing else <laughs> that's true <laughs> lettuce and grass that's true and there's so many more options dare i say more than meat and carnivorous diet that's right that's right what do you think alex like how has your experience been you're in you know second year of college and going to third year now sophie's going to join you soon but how has your experience been you know as a uh, healthy vegan in an environment where there aren't many yeah, it's it's been interesting, especially since now I'm sort of starting to go into the real world and trying to make decisions on my own. Like on the campus that I go to, there are basically on the entire campus, there's one healthy vegan meal. And it's been tough, but at the same time, you find ways to adapt either by teaching your friends or by discussing new things with your friends mm-hmm. or by just preparing for situations in which you might not be acclimated to like for example i try to bring food to school every single day mm-hmm. i try to bring as many snacks as i can and that can prepare me for the situation in which i can't afford to get that one specific meal yeah no i'm Absolutely. so proud of you i see you making a burrito for yourself every night before you go to yep. school the next morning you pack Bean your own snacks your chipotle sauce chipotle sauce <laughs> and some carrots and hummus and there's a lot of options too how do you make sure you don't sound too preachy to your friends? Do you ever get that? Well, I mean, the first thing I do is just, I try not to bring it up if the context isn't given to me. And also if, even if it is brought up, I just try not to discuss it if the situation isn't right. But if my friends are open and there have been situations in the past in, in which they were, I've taken the time to discuss why I chose this lifestyle, why it's beneficial and it's been pretty interesting because they haven't completely denied it. And I've had some good conversations with my friends about the topic. Yeah. Sophie, do you find it sometimes difficult to fit in in an environment where your friends and, you know, your social circles are not plant-based? Well, not really, to be honest, because it's not very different. The only thing that's different is the food you eat. And sometimes you can prepare for food on your own and maybe... Some people will like judge you for that. But I mean, honestly, it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. It's it's just food. We're not trying to say you're a bad cook or <laughs> we don't like you. I mean, I don't know. But I'm just trying to make my own life decisions because I think those are beneficial to society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And something that dad always brings up that I love is sometimes difficulty is not that bad. It actually makes you think deeper, doesn't it? Exactly. I really think that that's especially for kids. There's no way you can preach, you know, kids towards a direction. I mean, there's only so much preaching and there's only so much attention span. There's only so much cortical space that can withstand preaching. But what if you create a situation where a person is made to think for themselves, that is foundational changing. 
So if you are basing something as common as eating on a higher meaning, higher purpose, higher relevance to yourself, and more importantly, beyond yourself, that forces you to think. Right. <clears throat> Situations of discomfort happen. As it happened, they've been very fortunate. And you guys live in California, after all. It's not that's that's true. Yeah, it's California. Yeah. We Makes have it to easier. say that. Yes. Yeah. But in totality, though, that, you know, there is a little bit of a dissonance and discomfort that happens here and there. And that's not bad. You know, we always say 99% of the time we go on autopilot. It's pre-programmed thoughts that keep you moving. But that's where we don't want to be there. We want to think our way through life. And a lot of times you have to be forced into that. And when you're made to be, to think at a deeper level, like, for example, something about food. You're sitting in a restaurant and everybody's eating one thing and you're eating... It's not bad to say, why am I doing this? Oh, I'm doing it because I want to be healthy. I'm doing it because I want to be an example to others to be healthy because the number one factor that kills people in the United States and the Western world is food. And even my example is going to have an effect. I'm eating healthy because it's sustainable for the planet. I'm eating healthy because I'm causing less suffering. My goodness, just the act of eating? Are you kidding me? I'm, I'm a revolutionary, you know. <laughs> so that's fantastic to create that sense of heroism and, and, and meaning and purpose in your life with this simple act of eating. Mm -hmm. By the way, it is heroic. It is that important. It is that significant. It is that important for the planet, for ourselves. We, you know, you guys made a video that's doing really well on yeah, why coronavirus. So it has direct, these pandemics have direct link to food. The food we eat. Yeah. yeah. So, so how else are you going to think unless you intrinsically or internally are forced into thinking and every meal makes you think, or at least a lot of the meals where you are with public and people. And even though you're not, you know, put into a bad situation or because you, we, are, we have good friends and they all understand. Right. And even in your school, you don't, it's, it's not that bad, but still the dissonance, the difference makes you think that's a lovely thing. So I'm proud that we have these conversations with you guys all the time, don't we? Yeah, yeah about of course. The, the nature of uh, why we're eating and, and how we're eating. And then on top of that, to have mom. <laughs> amazing can, Amazing food where forget Definitely. about it, deprivation. It's like every meal is an amazing experience. Then, then that's the best of all worlds. I'm yeah. going to pay you all after this podcast. <laughs> But I think that's the most important thing. And it answers a lot of the questions that we are usually asked about, you know, how do you do this and how do you manage that and how do you not get discouraged? And the answer is, if every act, including eating, is associated and connected to a higher purpose in life, to a bigger picture, to a bigger goal, everything will fall in place. You won't have to make small decisions every single day about small little things because Once you create that picture of how you want to live in this world as an individual, everything else is cruise control. I mean, we've talked about this, I think, uh, last night. It's not inconsequential. The meals that we have are not inconsequential. And it's, in fact, for the planet, it's the most consequential thing. And what bewilders us is that even in this coronavirus situation, we don't get as much people talking about this, this relation with food. I understand that it's a, it's a difficult time and people want to focus on the urgent matter in front of us. But I think it's a conversation that humanity should have. And then, so you're the future leaders. We're waiting for your lead. Thank you. <laughs>
Speaking of um, discomfort, actually, let's um, linger there a little bit. Have you ever had any friend or anyone you know, even family member, discourage you about the way you eat? Well, yeah, there's. It's not been like a like complete berating, <laughs> like a roast battle. <laughs> no, it's just been like small little. You know, jokes here and there. It's like, oh, like, uh, like lettuce eater or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. You've been called a rabbit. Yes, rabbit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Something like that. You know. How do you feel about that? Um, well, it's a little uncomfortable, but you know, that person usually, probably someone who you know who cares about you, and even if they're making jokes about being vegan, you know that if you have a purpose in life, you know that what you're doing is beneficial to the society. And it doesn't matter if they make jokes. It's it's all okay. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. Just, yeah. It's lighthearted. What, about you? what yeah. about you, Alex? I haven't had a lot of negative experiences about my lifestyle with my friends. Maybe the worst experience I've had is denying food to a family member, which is slightly uncomfortable. But at the same time, if they understand, if you know what you're trying to do and why you're doing it, then in the end, it doesn't become as significant as... That's how you thought it was in, in the moment. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that used to bother me quite a bit initially, especially with, you know, the the big family that we have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, going to a family gathering after a long time, getting together with everyone and being around them, not having too much control <laughs> of what's going on in the kitchen, and then coming out and, you know, them feeling sad for you or saying, oh, I'm so, so sorry that you can't have this <laughs> and kind of just, just cracking some jokes. Yeah. which would be fine. We always laughed with them. No, but it was a little uncomfortable at times knowing that we weren't the same or they made us feel like, you know, you're leaving your family in many ways. What did you think? That's always going to be, I mean, humanity, the nature of human beings are, we are different from each other. That goes without saying. And we separate ourselves into little camps and that goes without saying as well as we know around us. But we hope that that's less and less so and we find some common grounds. So I never took it too seriously, and, not, and it wasn't never that, you know, yeah. uh, no, um, know. aggressive or you know, uncomfortable. It was very lighthearted. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what's, what's interesting is, over time, we're seeing a shift, aren't we? Yeah. Yes. There are so many family members that are now, especially among the young, mm-hmm. they're converting to plant-based, and yes. um, that whole lifestyle. Even their parents now, are actually changing their language. So yeah. we're seeing this change right in front of our eyes. Which is amazing. Yeah, so that's why yeah. it kind of gives you, like, if you're not offended, if they see that you're not the kind that's got the thin skin, you know, and you can laugh about this or any other factor, and then and they see your lifestyle, and they see what you're doing, then that's good enough. That changes everything. Absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. And I think that's one of the other positive things right now is that we have a lot of, friends and family members who are converting to a plant-based diet because it's just obvious and the research is there, the data is there, and the resources are there too. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to go on a whole food plant-based diet. You don't feel deprived. And uh, to see that number growing and you make new friends that are on the same path, it's been really easy, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. One other thing is that as it happens, you know, the, you guys have written two books and we've written one book. We're going to catch up. Don't worry. The next one is coming. And, and so we go into these talk circuits and these communities, there's beautiful, wonderful communities. You've given many talks yeah. now and, mm-hmm. and we've, and we meet 
all the other people that are in this community and, yeah. and people that are interested in that community who are not completely plant-based or are interested or, or, or even who people who oppose, but they're lovely people. They just have different views and you have conversations and you live together and you talk together. So that experience has been amazing. Uh, you got, you guys gave a talk in Florida. Yes. 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 That's right. You we guys, met so many new people there. I know. You yeah. gave a talk in Oregon and, you know, you traveled with us to Israel, Turkey, Greece, Saudi Arabia. You know, we were supposed to go to Germany and give a talk and all that. But so in many ways, this has given an incredibly rich experience for Definitely. you. Definitely. Yes. yes. Yeah. Amazing. One of the questions that we got was, how should teens inform their peers about a plant-based living without alienating themselves? So if you come across a situation where you have to talk about it, how would you do that? I treat it just as another informative speech, not one that's any different from any other you've ever given or any other explanatory conversation. session. Yeah, it's just a conversation. I don't treat it too seriously. Mm. Yeah. And if you if you treat it like you're just explaining something, you're not preaching about a new lifestyle or a, a revolutionary new invention or something like that, <laughs> then it won't come off as preachy yeah. and it'll just come off as you giving facts. Yeah. 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 It should be in like a, you know, natural kind of environment, you know. Yeah. Like um, you're eating and they're like, hey, why don't you have meat? Or And then you bring it up, you shouldn't like plan it the night before and just be really <laughs> trying to be cool, an 80s PSA or something. <laughs> no, just, you know, just be really cool with it. Don't, well, some people might say you're sounding preachy, but I mean, if you're just really casual about it, it doesn't sound preachy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. if somebody asks you, why don't you eat meat? What would you say? I would say... Well, three reasons. There's health, uh, environment, and ethics. I wouldn't like go on about it, but I believe that it's very good for your health. Um, not to eat meat. Yes, no. it's good for your health to not eat meat. It's good for the environment. You know, factory farms is like a big reason why, you know, big emission of greenhouse gases. And uh, ethics, of course, mm -hmm. killing animals is just wrong. Yeah, Absolutely. Beautiful you stated, guys. Thank you. So, and then there are some questions about social situations like birthday parties and play dates when you guys were younger. What did we do when, when you were younger, growing as a plant-based kid? And I think that's a good question. That's a question for you and I, Dean. Well, we used to, I don't think that our parties were any different from any other parties. We did have a cake. Mm -hmm. We did have a lot of junk food. Yeah. <laughs> we did yes. have a lot of gifts. We always wanted to make sure that everything was as healthy as possible, but mm -hmm. uh, we never, we never missed anything. Um, yeah. You know, if it were um, side appetizers and meals and burgers and burritos and sandwiches and things like that, everything was there. Mm -hmm. So the idea is, you can have a wonderful plant-based life with parties and you know all the other celebrations that takes place in our lives without the sense of deprivation. Any change or any difference, and I mean, societies throughout history have gone through slow changes. And there's always some level of change that's going to be different from the baseline. I mean, that's the whole nature of change. And, you know, the beauty of this one is that it's actually, um, we, are, we are at a time where there's so many resources, and especially in a state that is very familiar with this concept. And it will continue to grow throughout the country and throughout the world for that matter. In fact, I think it's one of the fastest growing movements throughout the Western world. 
So I think it's it's uh, we haven't f- have felt any deprivation, and you haven't. You've been to parties. You've been, you know, having fun and um, you know bad jokes all over the place. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and, and terrible dancing and. Uh, I can't say terrible singing because you guys are amazing at singing, but but definitely terrible dancing. Maybe for on, me on my part, yeah, yeah, yeah. You and I are not that good, but so you know, I think it's it's been fairly straightforward and easy. Yeah. One of the other questions but, is, but, but one sorry. thing that people might want to know yeah. is, okay, we're kind of making it sound so rosy because we're our situation is a little different. We're right, in California, we're a little bit known, and so people kind of adapt to us. But what if others, like let's say in Midwest or somewhere, they they have the situation, they're not going to have the same experience. They're going to have a different experience. And there has to be some adjustments. There have to, there's, the, the discomfort is going to be a little different, maybe in a different country or in a different region of the uh, United States. So that adjustment is going to be a little more dramatic than ours. Yeah. And, and that just takes the fact that you can't preach, you can't talk down to people, you can't, and you can't be confrontational. And if the question is asked, you just gently and in a very friendly family way, uh, you know, give your point of view. And then to make the party fun, sometimes we take our own food, not just for ourselves as a separate, not to separate ourselves, but it's almost like our addition to the potluck. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, um, and you know, even dessert. And uh, so when, when it's time to eat, we just eat that. Yeah, obviously there are harder situations to be, uh, live a plant-based healthy lifestyle than California. But the same concepts apply. It just goes through the difficulty and learn from it and use the same principles that you use throughout your life and you understand the reason why you're doing it. Yeah. And that'll carry you through it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even in California, to be honest, we work in San Bernardino and in San Bernardino, the, the population is different than, let's say, where we are now in Redondo Beach. As far as access is concerned, as far as availability even for, of, of right foods, we call it food deserts, mm-hmm. meaning healthy foods are not available to people in certain places, uh, even in California. So you have to kind of take that into consideration that our experience might be a little different from everybody else's, Agreed. but the way around it could be being prepared. Yeah. And everything is about being prepared and, and basing your choices on a higher thing than the next diet the right. next gimmick, you know, um, uh, this diet or that diet. No, it doesn't work like that. It has to be a lifestyle choice that's based on food, ethics, and much more. That's going to keep you grounded. And then as far as resources and conversation, it's preparation, preparation, preparation. True, right. Yeah. There's been some comments and messages that we've received about parents who are trying to convert or trying to inform their children whether they're younger or teenagers, about the importance of a plant-based lifestyle. And they're having difficulties communicating that to them because, first of all, when you're living a fast-paced life in a high school or in a college environment, when there's not a lot of resources and information about the importance of plant-based lifestyle, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to change. That's understandable. What, what would you tell to those parents as teenagers? How should they speak to their children? Maybe you should start, Sophie. Right. Well, first, just it's a rather big difference. So I feel like you should go slow with them, especially since they're children or kids or however old your kids are. And just, you know, go slow one thing at a time. And of course, explain to them why you're doing this and why they should do this. You know, just like build an argument. And if they're reasonable, they will most likely agree with you. And uh, 
I feel like the best thing to do is to learn a few really good recipes. Like even like sit down with like one of your with your kids and just show them like which recipes they would like. You know, just kind of adjust. You know,、mm-hmm. and then you know make that stuff for them. And I mean, just transition out of meat and dairy and eggs and stuff like that, and it's gonna be easy. Yeah, you know, I agree with you. I think we always underestimate the importance of having conversations with、yes. children. They're very, very smart, and if we address the why, maybe they'll understand and and start following、yeah. that. But what do you think, Alex? Of course, and、um, as similar to what Sophie said, obviously it's a slow process, and offering alternatives is a key to it. Another thing is explaining the importance of a plant-based diet, especially for teenagers and kids, because at this point in our life. We are growing. After this point, we are not going to change physiologically much. But at this point, we are growing, and we are becoming who we are going to be in the future. And if we can give ourselves the best, the best resources to be the best person in the future, why would you not do that? So, come from it using that mindset. And obviously, what Sophie said: take it slow. One thing at a time. Offer them recipes. I know mom has a ton of recipes that she has. <laughs> a ton of recipes. So, yeah, that's wonderful. And what would you tell a teenager or a kid who is plant based and doesn't have his or her family support? So, if you don't have your family support, I think what you can do is first of all. Just re- do the reverse of what I just explained to the pa- for parents to their kids. So offer maybe cook for them one day and show them some of the alternatives, and they'll be pretty shocked. Or explain to them the importance of a、yes. healthy life, a lifestyle at their age. And it works the same way. If you offer them a why and give them a process and take it one step at a time, then it'll do the same wonders. Exactly. It's, it's, it's conversation. beautiful conversation. Yeah. yeah. Conversation. Conversation. Logic, reason, alternative,、uh, and and making it slightly easy. So when people transition, we they always think we always think. I'm mean, I say we because we we all went through this. We always think that it's more difficult than it is. It's it's, and when people give you an option, it's almost like a pull push. The push is the reason, the why, and the pull is the good food. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you're a child trying to convince the family. Learn some great recipes, and they will be shocked that oh my goodness, I'm not only going to be deprived, I'm actually eating my better, the best form of medicine I could ever eat. You know, we, you and I always say, every meal you eat can build your brain or break your brain. That's right. So to know that you're eating something that's building your brain better than anything else that could do it out there, and at the same time, the why, which is it's healthy for me and the environment and everything else, the two are pretty powerful. That's it. That's the best you can do. And and those that are ready, they will they will actually step in. And those who are not, you can you know you you can't change the world. You just take one step at a time to make your part in a very civilized, in a very educated, intelligent way. And I loved what you said.、Right. If they you. even if they don't want to change into a whole food plant based diet, at least have a conversation with them as of why you want to change and why you should change and. Maybe who knows? Maybe they will change, or at least they'll become more healthy, or they'll cut out dairy or something、yeah. when they see what food. One part、eat. of it,、yeah. exactly, That's exactly. Very true. It doesn't have to be all or none. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Which brings us to the question of how do you feel? How is your health growing up as plant-based kids? I feel great. Yeah.、Uh, <laughs> I think 
Uh, my health has definitely gotten better since I went plant-based. Yes, I yes. think mom can attest to this. Before I went plant-based, I had... You mean whole food plant-based? Whole food plant-based, of course. I had a ton of lung problems. I would, yes, you I would had, get sick all the time. You had upper respiratory infections, and I remember you would have three or four infections every year when you were little, a toddler. Yeah. And we found really out that ones. you had um, airway reactive disease, which is a form of asthma. And when we cut out dairy, it was gone. I basically had one cold since then. You yeah. haven't had any cold. You've been super healthy. You've not been any on any medication. I remember yeah. we used to take you for breathing treatments. Here's a dad joke. Uh-oh. Here's a dad joke. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, God. The cold, no, podcast. Ha- the cold had one Alex. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's get back. Oh, All right. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. And, um, you know, people ask a lot about teenage-related acne. And, I mean, you guys have barely have any acne. There's that one. I'm seeing yeah, yeah, there's like a pimp that one yeah. on your cheek right and this now. this whole family, that one enemy has snuck in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Directly on my face. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's... Uh, no, well. But you guys are healthy. And as far as brain health is concerned, because dad and I are just obsessed with, you know, brain growth during childhood. And we read a lot about it. And we found out that it, it was very important for you guys to avoid certain foods to have the best opportunity, the best brain. And... Thank goodness you guys are doing great. And Alex, I mean, I don't want to sound like a doting parent here. I'll but. be the doting one. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm, this, this is going to sound like boasting, but I because the, one of the main things that people complain about or not complain, but actually worry about is the brain health. And we are worried about that. In fact, we're doing a review right now on nutrition and brain and the elderly and, and the younger age. But even beyond that, we were extremely interested in this. We've we've studied this for a long time. And Alex was one of the first people that I know. I mean, I've looked at internet and that, that you had memorized the whole, all the countries and their capitals at age two and a half, nearly three. And then all the presidents and vice presidents, same thing with Sophie. And they both finished college, sorry, high school at age 10. We homeschooled them. Homeschooled they were them, yeah. in the Montessori and then we homeschooled them because we were traveling quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> and they just flew through grades and yeah. did so well. And uh, they took the SAT at 11 and they scored in 90 percentile and they both entered college. Well, Sophie's joining now. Yes. Actually, we slowed down the college entrance because yes. we, we wanted to uh, make sure they, they enter at 13. And so it hasn't not only not hurt them, but we think that it was a major factor that led to their, um, uh, not so much achievements, but their enjoying and growing with, with academics. So I think that uh, there's no question. And, and besides that, there are many examples of other kids that who have whole food plant-based. Now, we got to talk about the whole food part and, and versus vegan, healthy vegan That's versus right. not right. healthy yeah. vegan. That's a big factor. Yeah, and eating consciously, meaning that, you know, if you're... A whole food plant based, and all you're eating is potatoes all day. You're in trouble. You're <laughs> going to be right. deficient of every vitamin, nutrient, and mineral you can think of. But if you're thoughtful, uh, which you should be, no matter what your diet is, but especially with whole food plant based, it's going to be healthier. Then not only are you not going to be deficient. Actually, I'm going into the other questions, but it's actually going to help you grow your brain, That's this right, fastest right? growing organ of them all, especially in childhood. Absolutely. And that's that's one of the things that we always talk about. How do we eat a healthy meal, complete with all the nutrients, something that is not processed at all or least processed? And that's been something that you guys are really helping us out in, um, you know, coming up with new ideas and new recipes to keep it interesting and exciting 
So let's jump on describing what a day's meal looks like for you guys. So we wake up in the morning and our breakfasts are usually either oatmeal with some peanut butter and some fruits, uh, flaxseed and chia seeds, definitely because that's a very important source of omega-3 fatty acids, right? Yes. Right. Or we make those chia and flax muffins. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, that's the best. Yeah. Sophie makes amazing pancakes uh, from whole wheat yes. flour. And she adds flax eggs in them and plant milk. And uh, we have a raspberry or a strawberry chia jam that goes on top of yes. it. What else? What else do we eat for breakfast sometimes? Hmm. We There's a large... Uh, you make tofu yes. scramble? Of course. Tofu scramble. Wraps. A bunch yes. of variations of oatmeal. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of ways you can make oatmeal. That's a lot right. of ways you can make tofu, tofu scramble. Oh, yes, tofu scramble. Yes. Wraps, the wraps. Definitely. Yeah, yes. You're the wrap expert. You wrap everything. <laughs> I do yes. wrap everything, yes. Yeah, if it's not moving, you wrap it. Smashed beans. <laughs> yeah. Smashed beans and avocados. Yes. Or if it's avocado one of toast, yes. yes. <laughs> so there, there are a lot of options. Usually weekends are a little fancier. We have waffles or pancakes yeah. or, you know, and some of these wraps that Sophie makes. And then... On weekdays when we're on the run, it's usually either um, oatmeal or a muffin and uh, sometimes, you know, a 100% whole wheat uh, piece of bread with peanut butter on it. Yeah. yeah. I have to say that a planned meal, like the muffin you make, is absolutely genius because it's not just a muffin. It's a engineered muffin. It really is right. an engineered muffin, yeah. Uh, it's Aisha's engineered muffin. Yes. It has... Uh, You're going to patent all, that. Yes. So we have this concept of Neuro9, which we did the research on it, which are what are the nine food categories and groups and items that are most healthy for the brain. And this this muffin of yours has a majority of those things. Yeah. And it's absolutely amazing. And it's so easy because we make 30-something of them in a, at, the big, at the end of the week for the week. So it makes them notice. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And then it has all the nutrients and it's incredibly tasty. So that idea of being organized and planned and strategic is wonderful because it, it takes care of taste, it takes care of ease, it takes care of health. We always say those three things, right? Yes. Healthy, tasty, tasty and easy. easy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. In, in one muffin, we get all of the omega-3 fatty acids in flax and chia and hemp. We have whole grains like oatmeal. We have fruits like applesauce and banana that sweetens them. We have a little bit of date sometimes if the uh, if the bananas are not too sweet. We have uh, plant milk, soy milk, which has a lot of protein in it. We have spices like cinnamon and nutmeg in them. It's just an amazing way to you know give you that boost, especially the first thing in the morning when you're having your classes and your day starts. So, and then as far as lunch is concerned, you know, Alex, you usually take lunch at school and you make your own lunch at night. So what are some of the examples of the things that you eat for lunch? Well, go-to is a bean burrito, like I said earlier. So I get a wrap. If I have avocados, I spread some uh, guacamole onto the the wrap. If I don't, then I just put some chipotle sauce or hummus. Yeah. Then inside that, I put some hot sauce. Mm -hmm. Then I put some lettuce on top of that. And then um, I put some beans and onions, and I just wrap it up, yeah. prepare it, put it in the freezer with some cold with my water bottle, yeah. and some cold water, and prepare. Just take it, wear my backpack, and head to school. Although that's a little different now that we don't have any school. I know yeah. that's right. And that that head bean to burrito? the next room. Yeah, <laughs> head to the next room. Yeah. And that bean burrito is about four hundred calories. Yeah, and it has about twenty three grams of protein. 
Yeah. And uh, gets me has, through the whole day. That's right. The chipotle sauce is made from almonds, a chipotle pepper, garlic, and some spices. Just blend it together with some water, and it's just this beautiful sauce that puts everything, you know, brings everything together. And then, Sophie, you have them sometimes as well. But if we're at home, we have brown rice with beans and sweet yes. potatoes and lentils. some steamed vegetables and lentils. Or we make a whole wheat pasta with some sauce. We're really good at making good sauces, aren't yeah, we? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. The, the, the key thing. is to make a good sauce and batch that for a month and put it on everything. That's true. Yeah, yeah. That's true. What are your go-to snacks? One of my go-to snacks, so you know, like we said in the beginning, apples and peanut butter. That's mm-hmm. really easy. You just get a spoon slice some apples and then dip another really easy one is so you have a piece of bread and then you spread some peanut butter on it i know a lot of these include peanut butter and you put bananas <laughs> on it and it's really good that's right yeah you, you have yeah. stocks and peanut butter don't you? yes yeah. stocks and stocks yeah we prepared for this yes. <laughs> yeah what do you what are your favorite snacks sophie Sometimes I like to toast uh, some bread and then I like to dip it in hummus you know yeah or, you know, spread hummus on it. I like, oh, yeah, bread, hummus, and slices of tomatoes on it. Mm. It's really good with some lemon on it. It's yeah. really good. Or yeah. onions. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's but right. What about those lectins? Oh, man. Oh, no. <laughs> Dang it. Oh, no. Forgot. <laughs> yes, yes. Remember? Oops. Yeah. You, you and I there when we challenged the, the guy with the lectins. Yeah. In any no, case. No concern about lectins. Um, no. You guys have a lot of carrots and broccoli, too. We yeah. have sauces and we have snack boxes in the refrigerator. We cut up celery. Oh, yes. Broccoli, celery is great. Yeah. Carrots, um, different types of fruits, and a dip. Dip can be chipotle sauce, it can be a bean dip, it can be hummus. Uh, My favorite is her Mexican queso sauce. That's, that's right. That can go with anything, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah you make it with cashew cheese and uh, yeah. chipotle peppers, some, some. Uh, I'm forgetting the spices, but the, the chili peppers and some really powder, wonderful. chili powder, that's yeah, right. stuff like that. So you just dip on that, right? And we make dinner together. That's, that's yeah. something that we do together. Like yeah. the other day, we, we made some to. potato nachos and we make, uh, we had a sushi night the other yes. day. Oh, that, that was, was amazing. incredible. Yeah, yeah. I really that was love legendary. That one. Yeah, six, six different kinds of wraps. Yeah, right? yeah. six. Yeah, yeah that we, was we made six rolls and they were beautiful. We had tofu, we had edamame, we had carrots, cucumbers, so many different things to fill. Yeah, wonderful. So, do you guys sometimes feel deprived sometimes when you go to no. other people's homes? I mean, we just talked about this. Did you hear what we were saying? <laughs> no. What do you do with sweets and with desserts? I mean, I, we try to stay healthy. We yeah. try to, you know, minimize sugar as much as possible. But tell me about your experiences with desserts and sweets. So, I mean, sweets occasionally are fine. If you really like sweets, uh, an alternative, like mo- mom, you know this, an alternative is instead of using sugar, you could use an alternative sweetener like dates or um, some other examples of uh, sweeteners, right. artificial sweetener, erythritol. But dates especially, if you uh, a good snack is if you get some dates and walnuts and put them in a food processor yeah. and then just roll them up into little balls and then dip them oh, into different spices. Amazing, they wow, are that's, incredible. That's yeah. Right. So that's a good that's a good dessert that you could have like on a Friday night. That's right. But, yeah. but mom's uh, key lime pie is just Oh yes. Yes, yes that's a classic. <laughs> yeah, you take something that's a poison with sugar and fat and you t- make it into something that's medicine and tasty. It's incredible. That's that's magical. And it actually has lime. Yes. It does. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. It's and not artificial lo- flavors. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. No. I have to say that's one of my favorite desserts yeah. too, and I'm so happy that you know you can eat it without any guilt. 
Wonderful, wonderful. What about milk? Like, what's your favorite milk? Well, um, soy milk is pretty good. Yeah, yeah I drink soy milk. We've always yeah. drank soy, soy milk. milk. Yeah. Soy milk or almond milk. Well, I have to admit, so I just want people to understand that you can make mistakes, you can learn, you can adapt, you can change. It, this is not about guilt. It's not about, it's, it's a process of going through a journey of learning. It's beautiful. So we went to oat milk. Um, we, we are actually great uh, label readers. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing we teach our patients, our families, our communities. We have one of the largest studies in the country uh, where we, uh, and one of the things we teach is label reading. But for some reason, when you think it's plant-based, you think it's healthy and, and that's not always the case. Remember what we did? So we went to oat milk and we didn't even read the label. Oh boy. It was, it was good tasting, let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, great. it was pretty it good. Was good. But then we read the label and it was all sugar. Yeah, it was yeah. 29, 29 grams. 29? Wow. 29 grams of sugar. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Oat, oat milk has a lot of sugar and it's kind of devoid of any <clears throat> nutrients too. Like soy milk has a lot of protein. Yeah. yeah. Right? And we know that soy is great for health. You know, the some people are scared of soy about the phytoestrogens and they say that, you know, you can grow man boobs and <laughs> things like that, but it's not true. Um, it's, it's a plant version of the estrogen and it doesn't really bind to the receptor in our bodies that acts like that are built for estrogen for the you know mammalian kind of an estrogen molecule in fact it's the opposite there's the alpha receptor not to get into this esoterics too much you know, but the, <laughs> and a beta receptor in fact it binds to the receptor that actually lowers the risk of cancer so that's right. this whole marketing uh, to demonize soy, soy is so false at so many levels in fact studies from back that people who who drink soy milk or eat, or eat soy, soy yeah they're lower risk of diabetes heart disease and all of these that's things. right so, and yeah. cancer as well cancer. so yeah. it's good for cardiovascular disease and for preventing cancers as well so eating tofus edamame soy milk it's great and i fed you guys soy milk when we transitioned yes. to a yeah. whole food plant-based diet and i got the type of soy milk that didn't have any sugar or additives in them and there are several of them which are great yeah. and i like the rich taste of it sometimes we would add cocoa powder into it to make yeah. chocolate milk for you guys yeah we do drink almond milk, but again, it's kind of, you know, just a filler. It doesn't really give you any mm -hmm. nutrients. So we stick to soy as much as possible. Now, let's talk about oh, with, micronutrients. Yeah, with milk, though, the thing that really, I mean, as if I needed any more excuses because of the all the asthma and the allergies that people have and all, and, and the fact that you have 70% of population that's lactose intolerant, oh, yeah. that should tell you that there's an allergy to this, so... The other thing that really threw me off when we read that the government allows a certain proportion of pus in milk. Oh, yeah. God. And I was like, really? Is That's there gross. a acceptable proportion <laughs> no. of pus? Yeah. Zero anything? percent. Yeah, yeah. Just, so, yeah, yeah, just a teaspoon of pus. Oh. Yeah. Nothing more than a teaspoon okay. of pus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zero parts per million. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was a gross thing, too. Okay. Shall we talk about supplements? Because that's one question. I like question. this pasta. No, go, yes. <laughs> no, no. Let's move on. Let's continue. <laughs> okay. So the question is, what kind of supplements do you take? And when you are on whole food plant-based diet, what are some of the nutrients that are only partly covered? And I think that's a very important topic to talk about. So some of the nutrients that may not be available in a whole food plant-based diet are vitamin B12. And we now know that people who even eat an omnivore diet, you know, a diet that has dairy, milk, and poultry in them can be low in B12. 
And that as we grow older, our bodies don't have the capacity to absorb it as much. So everybody's supposed to take a B12 supplement and it's cheap, it's available, and we do it. We supplement about you know, 5,000 micrograms per week. We take it once a week and you guys, it's on the kitchen counter. We all know that on a Saturday, we're supposed to take yep. one each. And uh, usually so it's Sophie's responsibility to remind all of us to take <laughs> yes. our yes. vitamin B12. The next one is omega-3 fatty acids. So with supplements, it's a tricky one. Yeah. And there's a lot of controversy. People are attacking each other and all of that. And I think that there's, there is a need for further information. And we do the research. We did the reviews and we look at the reviews. They're not as clear cut as people want to make them down, sound to be. So what I'm trying to say here is that we still need more clarity. Mm -hmm. But in totality, as much as people thought we needed vitamins, we don't. Much of our deficiencies, the first thing we have to do is figure out if we have deficiencies. And I think that's something we're learning with Corona that the first step is testing. Well, here <laughs> is also testing vitamins. Find out if you have deficiency. And the common deficiencies, not just for plant-based people, but for all of humanity, are things like iodine, B12, right. folate, omegas, vitamin uh, D. Vitamin D. Mm -hmm. uh, these are the common ones that are deficient. And, and yeah, if you can go into some esoterics, but, but the, we're talking about larger number of population. In fact, for B, vitamin B12, nearly 45% of population had lower levels of, of B12. So right. with that in mind, we have to get levels. And if you're lower, first thing you do is not just supplement, is find out why you're deficient. Right. A lot of time it's because the other foods you're eating are changing your microbiome, which is affecting your intrinsic factor, which is affecting your B12 absorption. So isn't it better to change your relationship with food instead of just quickly supplemented without changing the rest of your food? So find out what could be the cause for your vitamin D deficiency. Well, maybe you're not going out and outside enough. Maybe, you know, you're not eating enough of the right foods. So that's the first step. The second step is if you're deficient, yes, and only then you supplement. And a lot of times supplements have been found to be toxic or poisonous if we take too much of them, right? right? right. Vitamin A, vitamin E, vitamin K, uh, you, can, you can have trouble. So for that reason, we want to make sure to eat our vitamins right. in food form, in a synergistic form. So sorry, and this is supposed to be a family talk, but at the same time, I'm taking this opportunity to kind of talk about the omegas and the B12. No, with, I think I think it's very important because yeah. everybody wants to have healthy children. And especially during this particular phase where they're growing, every parent wants to make sure that their children eats a diet that is whole, that has all the right constituents for their bodies and for their brains while they're growing. And like you said, Dean, so the things that are important for us to keep an eye on are B12, omega-3 fatty acids, iron, iodine, zinc, and vitamin D. Yeah. And it's not choline. That's not a problem. No, choline is not a problem. Yeah. yeah. I think we've talked about choline significantly in the yes. past. The reason the kids are laughing is because we've done so much work on it. We've talked about it so much about the ridiculous nature of how they've created another deficiency with which there is none. Right. Yeah. And we know where that came from. And we know that the author had um, special interest and so on and so forth. So we're not going to spend time on that. But how do you translate that into your daily life? We take three kinds of supplements. We take B12. We take omega-3 fatty acids and algae-based omega-3 DHA because we know that fish gets their omega-3 from algae. The fish is actually the middleman. So knocking that off, no need to eat fish and expose yourself to so much lead and mercury and all the other heavy metals and going to the source. 
And we also take a vitamin D supplement on a daily basis. The others, as far as iron is concerned, you know, we eat a lot of greens and whole grains and beans and chickpeas, dried fruits, nuts and seeds that are high. As far as iodine is concerned, we consume iodized salt. Correct. And we made a decision to not consume sea salt because Correct. it's very important for us as vegans, healthy vegans, to get our iodine source. And yeah, like you said, not yeah. worried about choline. No, not, not, not worried about a lot of them. And, and those who choose not to take these things, that's fine. But make sure that you check your levels. If you're plant-based or not, it doesn't matter. Check your levels. That's right. Uh, deficiencies are more common than, than people think, and it's not related to one group or another. It's actually the standard American diet is the most deficient diet of them all. It's got a lot of fat and sugar and, and preservatives, but not much more than that. So, so to get checked. But at the same time, it's critical to get an understanding, especially with children, because the brain is growing so rapidly, it's critical that we make sure that there are no deficiencies. Again, irrespective of your diet, the data shows that it's not related to one diet or the other. In fact, the whole food plant-based diet is much healthier for children in the sense that there's less saturated fat, there's less sugar, there's less processed food if it's done well. And in one study we looked at, 12-year-olds that had high sugar levels and high fat levels and had the obesity had significant white matter disease at age 12. Mm. Forget about later problems and ADHD and all that. We're talking about white matter problems. So avoiding poor food, which is the standard American diet, which is full of fat, sugar, and uh, preservatives and salt, is going to help out anyway. And the only thing that you got to worry about is, or not worry, but be aware of is the nutrients and if you choose to supplement it for children, I really think that especially for omega, B12, B12 and omega is the central one, it's not a problem. Mm -hmm. the, the, so I think that that's something that should be done, especially with this rapidly growing brain. But again, I'm not of the uh, camp where it says absolute. That's not science. To the best of our knowledge is what's the, what drives us. And the best of our knowledge is still developing. We should get more data. But at this point, especially with children, I think it's good, no matter who the, what, what your dietary type, get the B12 and get the omega from an algae source. That's going to help out. By the way, we also add the turmeric. That's right. Yeah, no, well, the turmeric just comes in the mixture of spices that, that we add in our food. Um, so that's never an issue. A lot of people are worried about protein. They, you know, they ask us, where do you get your protein? And whether the quality of protein in plants is different from that in animals. And I think they're referring to the completeness of the proteins and making sure that we consume the entire spectrum of amino acids uh, that are essential for growth. So amino acids are the constituent parts of protein, what make proteins. And there are about 20 amino acids that us humans, 21, but 20 amino acids that we are deal with. And nine of them are essential, meaning that we think we can't make it ourselves. We need to get it from the diet. And mo a lot of people say that meat, obviously, uh, the eating eating animal flesh mm -hmm. has all those proteins, but and and then uh, plant based diet doesn't have all those proteins, especially the leucine one, which is the limit, rate limiting. That's not true. If you eat a well thought out food, and and you don't have to think about it too much. I mean, we're talking about eating a few beans here and and some other uh, product. Mm -hmm. You will have all the amino acids, all the protein you need. In fact, you'll have it in a better form without the heme iron, which is toxic, without the, or uh, oxidative, without the saturated fat, without all the uh, hormones and antibodies and all of that. So 
you can have that. And then some even plant foods are complete. They have all those nine essential amino acids, such as the flaxseed. And uh, so that's not a problem at all. And yeah. as far as getting muscle, my goodness, some of the best bodybuilders, most amazing bodybuilders that we know are whole food plant-based. Nimai Delgado is a whole food plant-based uh, bodybuilder. Yes. And then so many others. One of the strongest men in the world, Patrick Baboumian, is you know on a whole food plant-based diet. And there's so many other elite athletes like... Rich Roll and Serena Williams and uh, who's uh, the tennis player? Uh, Djokovic. That's right. Chris Paul. Uh, Chris, of course, that's he was right. waiting for that. <laughs> Chris Paul. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. So uh, that's not a problem. In fact, it's the opposite. You get plenty of protein. You get it in the best form possible. Right, and, and, and the, the-, the idea that the quality of plant protein is lower than animal protein, that's such an old concept and that's not true at all. All amino acids, essential amino acids come from plants. And if you eat a variety of plant foods, you are good. You don't need to worry about anything. That, that, that's exactly true. I mean, where, yeah. do, where do animals get their protein from? From plants. And yeah. I always say, what are the three biggest animals you know? Elephants, yes. rhinos, and, and gorillas. And the most powerful, gorilla. Yeah. And they, they eat plants. And some people say, oh, but they get these worms and that you don't get enough. (laughs) (laughs) They're worms. It's from plants. Yeah. And also there was this idea of protein combination or like food combinations to get the right kind of protein. That's also wrong. You don't have to, you know, combine proteins. It was just a Vogue concept that started back in the 1970s. And that has been, (laughs) that has been debunked since then. So, you know, just eat plants, eat different kinds of plants, make sure that you have legumes and greens and whole grains definitely in in almost every meal and you're good. You don't have to worry about anything. If you get the Neuro 9, you've taking care of your brain. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I think the next question is, if somebody is interested to go on a whole food plant-based diet or help their family members to go on a whole food plant-based diet and they're not, how should they transition, especially if they're kids? What would you say? So say, for example, if there are kids in a family and their parents want them to eat more vegetables, what would right. be the best way to introduce them? And they're not e- used to eating a lot of vegetables and dips, fruits. Dips and more dips. Yes, exactly. <laughs> dips is number one. Another thing is included in things that they already love. So, for example, I'm going to be the first to admit, I don't love tomatoes that much. It's not my favorite vegetable. Wow. However, I'm so disappointed. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. However, my mom made this incredible tomato bisque soup. Your mom is right here, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I know, I know. Who, who is my mom again? Where my mother. <laughs> my mother. Yeah. Mom made an incredible tomato bisque soup. And um, I didn't know until after I was completely done with my third bowl. So included in something that they like, uh, and obviously dips. If you can make a good dip, it'll make anything amazing. That's right. You can right. dip all your vegetables. Yeah. I do not like mushrooms that much and then You're getting better at it yeah. i i am getting better at it yes <laughs> and uh one time you made this uh shiitake mushroom dish it was originally korean it was based on a korean recipe yes. i forgot what it was called but it was absolutely incredible it was it was actually one of the best things i've ever had oh. which is 
crazy for stuff, a food that I didn't really like before that. Exactly. So, I mean, uh, it's With you, the same thing. With the pea, pea, oh, yeah, sweet pea soup. Split pea soup. Oh, Alex didn't like peas when he was growing up, remember? I, th- no. I think you just take all the things I don't like and make them a soup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Blend them away. But I think that it helps, you know, when you change the texture, when you cook it in a different way, yeah. when you make it look a different way. Remember how we used to make those uh, veggie meatballs that would have pinto beans with carrots, celery, spinach, kale, some flaxseed, and we made these veggie balls. And I baked them, and then we had a marinara sauce with it, which you would just dip that, and you would eat five or seven of them in one sitting. It was incredible. So I think think we're basically forcing people to start being a little more creative in the kitchen. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Get creative. This is the best time. Yes. Yes. Great, great. Okay. For people who are on a plant-based journey and it's difficult for them, what kind of message would you give them from a teenager's or a child's perspective? I would say just hang in there, you know, <laughs> just hang in there because you're doing a great job. Yes, definitely. And it may be hard at times because, you know, your entire life you've eaten one thing and all of a sudden you're switching over to another thing and it's unfamiliar and maybe like all the problems that we stated earlier, you're, some people may make fun of you or something, but just know, remember why you decided to go on this journey. You didn't go into it thinking like, oh, this is going to be, you know, this is going to be super easy, whatever. Yeah, it's nothing is, well, some things are super easy, but nothing is super easy like that. So there are always some boundaries that you have to cross. So you have to get through this. It's one step at a time. So just hang in there. You are doing awesome. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. What would you say, Alex? Just like she said, if, if you know why you're doing it and you know that you're doing it because you're contributing to your own well-being, the environment well-being, and the well-being of animals, you know that whatever you're doing and whatever struggles you're going through, you're doing it for a reason. And that'll get you through it. Just that knowing that in of itself will get you through it. That's and also making it easy with, with taste, with yeah, tasty food. Yes. Those darn dips. Those <laughs> dips. <laughs> make, a, make a good chipotle sauce and dip everything in it. Yeah. Correct. Correct. I Sometimes, uh, you know, I got caught so Yeah, dip yourself in almost, almost dipping uh, Obi, our dog. No, oh. no, no, no. Never <laughs> Obi. But uh, it's, it's good to know that you can make it easy. You can make it convenient. And the why helps keep things going and step by step small successes human behavior changes with small steps of success habits are created when you repeatedly succeed in the same direction so that's why it's critical to kind of create that so thank you yeah absolutely if people want to have access to you guys or see some of your work, they can go to your website, thesciencekids.com. The Science Kids. Visit our YouTube channel, The Science Kids. That's right. We also have an Instagram page and a Facebook page. We make videos on science and lifestyle for kids. And yes. you have written a beautiful book called, well, two beautiful books. The latest one is called Super Me. Super Me. And you talk about the importance of healthy living, uh, plant-based healthy living for children. And they can find that on Amazon as well. Yep. yep. We give a bunch of tools for kids to live a happy, healthy, brain-healthy life. Uh, for all, any kid out there who needs help, we have a bunch of advice in that book. And hopefully it makes everything easier for you. Yes. Well, Alex and Sophie... This was a lot of fun. I think we should do this again. We should do it. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.